Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Welcome to ID Podcast, guys. Hello out there in the podcast world, sphere, 
Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. We have a great show for you today, but first want to talk a little bit about, we've mentioned it before, but our Hood River Oregon Couples Retreat, and we're really excited about it. We spent a few summers in Hood River and absolutely love the place, and it is just stunningly beautiful. There's so much to do outside, and we have a great program plan for the couples that attend. And the whole idea is to strengthen your relationship through trying new and exciting things. It's one of the top ways to improve your relationship. All of our experts, guests on the show talk about trying new things, having new experiences together. And we just think Hood River is the perfect place to offer this. So we will be going stand up paddling, right? Whitewater river rafting, waterfall hikes, wine tasting. It's just a beautiful place. You can check it out on idopodcast.com and see some pictures from Hood River, or you can just and, and you'll find out about the retreat and the details or just Google Hood River, Oregon, and you're going to be amazed. It's, it's like this secret little wonderland. I, I just love it. Uh, we first went there maybe like seven years ago. And like I said, I've spent a few summers there and, and uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. Yeah. I think for me, we're going to be doing some of the activities that we've never tried before. Like we haven't gone what rafting on the white salmon. I know you've paddled it, but we haven't done yeah. that. And so that's going to be really cool. So we're going to be doing a lot of experiences for the first time as well. So that's why we're super excited that we can do this retreat along with you. So um, and to meet you guys in person, yeah, you know, we get all know. these great messages and, and emails. And, and so it'd be awesome to meet some of you guys in person. Yeah. And I mean, we've had people ask us like, where do you need to be in your relationship to enjoy this trip? And it's really, it can be for everybody. You don't, I mean, you can be struggling and you can be doing this to want to build some connection or you can be uh, doing amazing in your relationship and just wanting to try something new or go to a new place and then be able to work on your relationship as well. So it really can be for a, a broad spectrum of relationships. And uh, like Chase mentioned, all the information is on our website at idopodcast.com. Uh, at the top, it says retreats. And when you click on that, it will take you to the retreats information. And the dates are July 28th through August 2nd. So we're getting close. So um, send us any questions, any information, and, and we're we're happy to, to help. Yeah, check that out. And you can also sign up to our newsletter list and join the 14-day Happy Couples Challenge. How many people have gone through it? Um close to I want to say like 2500 people like wow. over 2000 people have have done this 14 day challenge and the feedback that we've gotten from you guys is pretty amazing so what it is is uh, we send you a daily email with a challenge to do um most of them are pretty easy. Sometimes challenge they're challenging. sounds in intimidating. It's <laughs> yeah, like a, it's, it's like a a activity. Yeah, it is. Um, Homework. Home exactly. Homework for your relationship. So um, we've had yeah great feedback, and we're so happy that it's helping so many of you. So yeah, check that out as well. That's on our website at idopodcast.com. And on today's show, we have a great topic that we haven't discussed in over 150 episodes, and that is financial planning within the marriage, but more specifically, um, prenups, prenups and postnups post and some legal 
jargon in there. I found out that we don't have a prenup, which was <laughs> news to me. I'm you'll, not. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll hear that shocking yeah. on the, in the interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll hear it live. And and we we welcome Alyssa Rauer. And Alyssa is a founding partner of Rauer LLC and has been practicing law in New York City since 2005 in matrimonial and family law exclusively since 2008. So she is definitely an expert on this field and we kind of debunk a lot of myths and and things that I thought about prenups and 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 got some more information and and now things are much clearer including the fact that we don't have one <laughs> um but uh, I still laugh thinking about that yeah. looking at your face when you said that was yeah, priceless it was good but uh and we talk about other legal things to consider for your relationship like living wills um power of attorney some things that are really important and and we talk about it in a way that's not completely going to put you to sleep because it can be a bit tedious but but we don't get bogged down in in too much legal stuff and it's really just informative so uh definitely a valuable episode to listen to and educate yourself and see what you need to do to to make the right financial decisions and, and legal decisions for your relationship yeah. And as always, we appreciate you guys for listening to the show and for sending us your feedback and emails uh, and those reviews that you send us. We appreciate it. Five-star reviews as, as Chase is uh, putting his hand up. And uh, yeah, enjoy today's episode. Today's show is brought to you by our Hood River Couples Retreat. Join us in Hood River, Oregon this summer, July 28th through August 2nd. The retreat is built to be the ultimate vacation for couples looking to have fun, try new things, and build a stronger relationship in paradise. We'll be doing activities like waterfall hikes, rafting, wine tastings, and so much more. For more information, visit our website at idopodcast.com slash hoodriver. Hi, Alyssa. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Alyssa, we've given our listeners a little overview. So why don't you take a minute and tell us why you enjoy helping people improve their finances, which in turn is going to improve their relationship. Sure. Happy to. I think you know, helping people go into a marriage with their eyes wide open I believe, strengthens a relationship and prevents them from coming in for a divorce down the road. Obviously, what couples fight about, one of the things that couples fight about most frequently is money. And if you go into a relationship without understanding what your partner has and how you plan to treat money during marriage, both spending and saving, it can cause a lot of discord later. So I do a lot of prenuptial agreements for couples. And thankfully, um, so far, knock on wood, none of the couples I've helped with a prenup have come back to seek divorce advice. So obviously I can't, there's no causation there, but I, I do think that that having transparency into these issues can actually help when you have bumps down the road. So we're certainly going to talk about prenups and a lot of, I have a lot of questions because uh, honestly, I know we have one, but I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea what's in it or what it involves or, or the uh, 
Do we have a prenup? No, Sarah we don't said, have a prenup. Oh, <laughs> see? That shows, what are you talking that about? That shows how much I... Prenup. See? This is... <laughs> This is good. Now now we're going to find out. So <laughs> this is perfect. That's why we had you on. So what is involved in a prenup and, and how can we start to talk about it in our relationship? So a prenup is a, an agreement that a couple enter in, enters into before they are married that can dictate what happens if they're upon a divorce or upon death because that's obviously the two ways that your marriage is going to end upon death or divorce. And we hope that it's upon death, which seems very morbid, but the alternative is worse. And what a prenup can do is it can modify or supersede a state's existing law. So what that means is that, you know, for example, in New York, the law is that whatever you acquire during the marriage is marital property with the exception of a few categories like inheritances or gifts from just one person or personal injury proceeds. So you and your partner might decide that either you want to follow that law, in which case you could do a prenup that basically codifies the existing law. And the reason you might want to do that, for example, is if you change states, then you know what's going to happen if you were to get divorced because the law that dictates upon a divorce is where you've been living leading up to the divorce. So, for example, in if you move to Connecticut, in New York, what you come into the marriage with is your separate property. If you move, you know, 30 miles and live in Greenwich, Connecticut, everything you have, whether it's premarital assets, whether it's an inheritance, is part of the marital estate. So one reason people might get a prenup is to kind of lock in New York law, or a couple might decide to deviate from New York law, which is another reason to get a prenuptial agreement. Did that answer your question? Yes, the beginning stages, but this is all Sorry. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. A bit is, of a tangent. But no, no, it, this is perfect. So, so I guess we don't, if we don't have a prenup and we're going by state laws, what what do most states uh, require of a of a couple? Let's say we don't want to think about it and and we don't go into a marriage with the idea. But if there if there is a divorce, what what usually happens? I know it varies on state, but what would what does your home state uh, say? Sure. So good question, Chase, and many, many couples out there don't have a prenup. And I think for your listeners, that's not a reason to go out and get what's called a postnup necessarily, which is basically the same thing as a prenup. It's just a document you sign after you get married um, while you're already married, and lots of couples do that as well. They're not as common as prenups. But even if you say, you know what, a prenup is not for me, a postnup is not for me, there are certain ways that you can educate yourself so that if, if, God forbid, your marriage breaks down, that you're prepared. And this is not at all, I'm, I'm not certainly not advocating any divorce planning or anything devious or nefarious at all. What I'm advocating is that if you don't have an agreement, that you understand the basics of your state's laws so that every major decision you make during your marriage, you're going in with it with your eyes wide open. So as I said before, the laws of every state differ. Um, I practice in New York, so that's where my knowledge is. 
Um, and I think, as I said before, New York honors a separate property, um, inheritances, your premarital property, or gifts that you get during your marriage. So one thing that I think it's important to understand is, you know, so that in case you were to get divorced, is that if you get an inheritance, let's say, during your marriage, and you want to keep it your separate property so that it's only yours if you were to get divorced, then you need to understand and have knowledge of the fact that you need to then put that inheritance in an account in your sole name and not commingle it with marital money. And commingling is when, let's say, I have an account with $100,000 that I inherited from my grandmother. I then take earnings during the marriage and I put it into that account. And then I use some of the money from that account to pay expenses. And then I put some more of my earnings into that account. I've now commingled that account. So it's important for people to understand just the basics so that they can make sound financial decisions during their marriage, even if they don't have a prenuptial or postnuptial agreement. So what about our listeners who maybe they're younger, they don't have a lot of money, and they're just now maybe getting engaged or they're combining their finances. Do you still recommend them to do a prenup prior to getting married, even though they may not have a lot to, uh, a lot to lose if they were to get divorced? Financially, yes. I guess. And, and, and keep in mind, of course, that this is what I do every single day. And I am I'm biased, obviously, and I'm very much in favor of going into the marriage with an understanding as to what you want to do, regardless of how much you have. And the reason it's sometimes more, more important for couples who are maybe just starting out and don't have a lot of money is that maybe these, this couple, maybe you're an entrepreneur and prenups don't just cover by any means what you're coming into the marriage with. They also cover assets that you acquire during your marriage. So one of the trickiest things in a divorce is how to value and distribute business interests. So if you have a millennial couple, one person has a startup, the other person has a different kind of business, and they may want and intend that if their marriage doesn't work out, that they each keep their own businesses and they don't have to worry about valuing their businesses. If they don't have a prenup saying that, that is not what is going to happen if they were to get a divorce. So certainly for people who are budding entrepreneurs or have hopes of being an entrepreneur, a prenup can be extremely important, even if they're coming in with very little money. Okay. And and one of the things I'm taking away is it's important to understand this and the states, it varies state to state. So all the more reason to, to understand what your state law says. And in part of this, a lot of people feel, I'm sure that this is unromantic and, and this just takes away from the love that we have and that this doesn't matter. But like a lot of things in the relationship, it's about communication and and communicating uh, around these financial issues, and so that everyone's on the same page. and And um, in in the end, it, it's it's really a romantic thing to do that you can understand uh, how that really the law is is going to dictate these things around a big part of your life is the finances in your relationship. Um, so I guess just a, another big 
probably pretty basic question is just on the on the technical side of things. So in a state where like New York, if you don't have a prenup, do they say and, and you get a divorce, do they say everything just goes 50-50? No. So in New York, we are an equitable distribution state and not an equal distribution state. So that means it is the percentage of split of marital property is something that people potentially fight about uh, upon a divorce. So that being said, in longer marriages or marriages where there's children and both people contributed and both people worked, the default oftentimes with assets like houses or retirement assets or money in a bank is 50-50. But for business assets or if you have a short-term marriage where there's not kids, the default is not necessarily 50-50. So another thing that a prenup can do, of course, is just to off the bat say, we're going to do it 50-50. We're not going to fight about a lot of these kind of smaller points. And you're eliminating some of the disputes so that if you have a divorce, you're deciding the terms and, and the, the rules when you're happy and in love as opposed to you know, when the marriage is broken down. And I just wanted to, a couple things that you said, Chase, that I just wanted to circle back to, the first being that it's unromantic to have a prenuptial agreement. I admit it's not the most romantic thing to have in the world, but it's a very important thing to at least talk about, whether you decide to get one or not. Having that conversation is very important. I view it in a lot of ways as an insurance policy, right? You know, a lot of us have life insurance. We have a will in place. And even though talking or thinking about our death is very uncomfortable. Now, I know we're all going to die and a little less than 50% of us will get divorced. But if you are in that unlucky 50%, you know, you're going to be so much happier that you talked about these things and have an agreement in place that you made when you were in love than when you didn't. And the second point that I wanted to circle back to you was, it, it really can be a win-win because everybody comes into a relationship with some kind of anxiety. So maybe you have, in the case of the young couple, so maybe you have one person who's starting a business and is worried about what would happen to that business if there was a divorce and would there have to be a valuation and would the business partners have to be involved in this very personal issue. And then maybe the other side of that couple is thinking, you know, what would happen if I stayed home to raise children and, you know, what would I get in terms of alimony and maintenance and would I be able to support myself? So by, by talking about these issues, you can frame an agreement that, let's say, addresses the protection of the business and also addresses the other side's concern about being supportive, supported if he or she is a stay-at-home parent and hasn't worked in a number of years. So, Again, I circle back to that you, you, when you go in talking about these things, I think you can go into your marriage in a better place than if you just didn't talk about it and it comes up in various ways. Exactly. And, and, and going back to that open communication, and this is all really enlightening to me because now I'm understanding why you hear about nasty divorces and these court proceedings because I can just picture there's no prenup and then there's just going to be a lot of legal back and forth. And, and we don't want to think about these things, but it's going to save you a lot of headache and, and, you know, 
it's just the right thing to do. And I'm also picturing, uh, the, the, I think it's the opening scene of Wedding Crashers where you got, uh, <laughs> Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn and, and they're doing the divorce proceedings and, and, uh, it's a, I'm sure, uh, hopefully a lot of our listeners have seen it, but it's pretty classic. But, but yeah, it's got this, this kind of stigma. I think the prenup around finances and relationships, it's like this, this big thing. And, and really, if you look at it about being about open communication and, and honesty and, and we can't predict the future. And we have this podcast to help people improve their relationships, but you know what? They do end sometimes. And, and even if they're, and certainly you want to have this stuff in place, but even if it, if, if it doesn't end, it's just good. To, to have. And, and like you said, death, um, there, there can be, I'm sure legal fighting if you're a business owner and you don't have a prenup and maybe some relative stakes a claim to it. And, and I'm sure there's all sorts of messiness that can happen. Um, reason to have these things in place. Absolutely. Um, and it's, in my view, it's just smart planning and I'm seeing more and more young couples who, don't have necessarily family money or not necessarily coming in with a lot, but who are really interested in prenups and it's coming from each side of the couple. So I think talking about these things and making it more common and that it's not just something for the super wealthy and it's not just something for people who are going to inherit a lot of assets, that it's really for the the young person who has their act together and is just planning for every contingency in life. And I always tell my clients when we're done that I hope you put this away in a drawer and never have to look at it again, but it's there in case you need it. And I, in, in my mind, certainly it's, it's money well spent to have that just in case, because I'll tell you that a divorce is um, way more expensive than doing a prenuptial agreement. <laughs> I can imagine. So for Chase and I, for us, since we don't have a, a prenup, although Chase <laughs> that we did. Apparently, we don't. No, uh, I know. Can you walk us through how like a post-nump would work? Like what we need to do to think about uh, doing a post-nump? Sure, absolutely. What state are you guys in? We're international right now. We live in Costa Rica, but I guess our home base would be Florida. Okay, Um so it, you'd probably want to speak to a Florida attorney. Florida is pretty similar to New York. Um, but if you wanted to have a post-nup, I mean, every, again, the, the rules of every state differ. But in New York, if you wanted to have an agreement, the only legal requirements are that it's in writing and signed by both of the parties and in the same form that's required to acknowledge a deed. So all that means is that you need to sign it in front of a notary, and the notary needs to sign a specific acknowledgement saying you are who you say you are. Um, beyond that, though, of course, you to, to withstand scrutiny if there was a divorce. So a prenup could be overturned or a postnup could be overturned if it's procured by fraud or duress or if it's so one-sided. Um, so you want to make sure you each have separate attorneys. You want to make sure that there is full and complete financial disclosure. And you want the agreement to be you know, fair and equitable to each of you. It doesn't need to be completely equal. It doesn't need to be what would happen if you didn't have an agreement because most of the time that defeats the purpose, but it needs to be something where you're each coming away with something from this agreement and each getting a benefit of it. So what I would recommend is, and how I like to handle the process is for you each to have an attorney um, so that you can get educated. What's the law in Florida? Um, 
what what would happen if we didn't have an agreement? What could we do if we did have an agreement? What issues do we want to talk about in this agreement? So that you both understand separately by somebody who's looking out for your best interests as to where you are. And then after that, to come together and for the two of you to talk about what you'd want to do. So, you know, I have no idea about your financial situation, but maybe one of you came into the marriage with more money and then maybe, but maybe the other one is going to make more money during the marriage. So you could decide, okay, we're each going to keep what we each have, or we're going to merge everything, or we're each going to keep what we came in and then merge everything that we make during the marriage. I mean, the possibilities are really up to you and what feels right for you. So I certainly suggest that after each side of the agreement, you know, after each party is educated, that you really come together as a couple and talk about it and to really set aside time in a quiet place where you have privacy because in case those you know questions bring up any difficult topics that so you're in a good place to talk about them um, and to try your best with the help of attorneys to reach an agreement in principle about what you want to do before anyone puts any pen to paper or writes anything because so that it really feels like a collaboration between the two of you and a document that you created together. And then once you do that, then one side will draft the agreement, the other side will review it, and then you can sign it. And that's the basic sort of process. Okay, we have some homework. We got some homework to do. So, Sarah, the podcast will split it fifty-fifty. Yeah. Okay. Go? Okay. Good. All right. I think you know, for us, it's. I think it would be really easy because we got together when we were in college. We didn't really have anything, and we've both kind of equally contributed to the our businesses now. So, I think for us, it would be easy. But you know, you never know, right? Until you get into the trenches and, and discuss everything. Well, and another thing that you could talk about in this agreement is not just property distribution, but alimony. So, you know, are you coming in thinking that you would want to not have support from the other, meaning, you know, spousal support separate from child support? Um, or would you want to leave that issue open? If you, or do you want to have a formula where you determine whoever's making more has to pay the other person X percent or something to that effect? I mean, that's another issue that you can talk about in addition to how do we want to handle assets that we acquire during our marriage and how do we want to split them? Um, and do we want to have businesses be included? And if we do want to have business be included, then how are we going to value those businesses and how are we going to distribute those businesses? So there's usually, even in the most simplistic um, financial pictures, there's usually some issues to talk about. Um, and sometimes these are things that maybe you haven't even thought about. The idea of, well, would I want to receive support from, you know, Chase? Would, or Chase, would I want receive, to receive support from, from Sarah? So there's usually some things to think and talk about. Yeah, these are a lot of important things to consider. And, and half-jokingly, but but I am curious, do, do couples put pets in their prenups, like who gets they the sometimes pet? do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, I've actually done a few prenups where we have specifically named the dogs in the agreement and who will get the dog. And I will tell you that I have had a couple divorces where that's come up and that's been an issue. And we have spent, my clients have spent like many thousands of dollars fighting about dogs and cats, which I get, I'm a dog owner too. And they're, uh, family. So you can, you can deal with that too. 
Interesting. So, so uh, this is all great information and a good starter for those listeners out there who are like me and don't even know <laughs> whether or not <laughs> they have a prenup. I'm pretty hands off in finances, if you can't tell, but uh, this is really valuable stuff and kind of uh, uh, along the the same lines. Definitely talking about finances and the relationship. I want to talk a little bit about how different people deal with money. And and on a past show, we've talked about uh, uh, this as being your money personality. And and put simply, some people are spenders and some are savers. And I'm sure those listening out there can quickly identify with one or the other. And this can become a big conflict uh, in a relationship. So can you talk a little bit about that and how we can navigate just, I guess, being financially responsible as a couple. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. We want to tell you about a new podcast that we've been listening to lately called Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. It's hosted by sex therapists and past guests on I Do Podcast, Lori Watson and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. They believe and we do too, that sex can get hotter and better as your committed relationship grows. They talk about things like low libido, relationship communication, and sexual techniques. It's another great relationship podcast to subscribe to, add to your playlist. And we hope you tune in and subscribe to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Today's episode is also brought to you by ModCloth. ModCloth is a fun, friendly online store that has styles as unique as you. ModCloth's mission is to empower women to be the best versions of themselves. And that's why their signature line of apparel is offered in full size range from extra, extra small to 4X. I was just browsing their website, looking at all the adorable bathing suits. I literally live in a bathing suit here in Costa Rica. So every time I go back to the States, I have to stock up and I have about 10 bathing suits in my cart right now. And I just cannot narrow it down. They have this one bikini called the Paracel Away With Me. How cute is that name? And it's high-waisted. And I wasn't quite sure about the fit because I'm tall. So I reached out to their team of mod stylists who hooked me up with a complimentary sizing and styling help. So I know the fit will be just right. And they can do that for you too. If you're on their website and you're not quite sure about the styling or the fit, you can reach out to their mod stylist and they can hook you up. Also, for you ladies out there who are planning your wedding, ModCloth also has a bridal boutique. So whether you're a bride or a bridesmaid, or you just have to go to a bunch of weddings this summer, ModCloth has it all. So to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com, that's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com, and enter the promo code I do at checkout. This offer expires on August 4th, so you have to hurry up. Again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter the promo code I do at checkout. Too. It's important no matter what style you are, whether you're a spender or a saver, I think that you talk about these things with your spouse or your partner. And also that you don't um, 
kind of turn a blind eye to the financial issues. You said, Chase, that you tend not to be as involved in the financial issues. And I would encourage you, I mean, I think it's fine to let somebody take the lead in a relationship because often you have somebody who's just likes to do that stuff. I mean, in my relationship with my husband, I, I take the lead on terms of filing taxes and budgeting and keeping track of what we're spending. Um, and, but I encourage him and, and he says, you know, every, maybe once every six months or once a year, we sit down and we have a review of what we do so that if you're the one who's not the day-to-day person who's organizing the finances, that you don't, that you are, still have knowledge and an understanding as to what you have. Because the most difficult divorces are the ones where people come in and they have no idea what they have. They have no idea what they made. And very well-educated, intelligent people, it's not at all a reflection on somebody's competence in life. It's just that some people don't handle the money stuff. And I think a lot of pain can be solved if they'd have more of an understanding during the marriage and throughout the relationship as to what they had and what they're saving and what they're spending. Um, because, you know, it turns out sometimes that I've had divorces where one party was not involved and it turns out that the other person really spent all the money and they had no idea. And that makes the, the pain from a divorce that much worse to also find out your partner wants a divorce and he or she has been handling the finances and, oh, he's been doing a very, a not very good job at it and you have no money. So my advice would be to just make sure to have those check-ins and to talk about it. Um, and if you are, you know, if you do have different spending styles, that maybe in those situations, it makes sense to have maybe one joint account where you have the family's expenses that come out of and, you know, vacations and dinners. And then maybe you each keep your own account where of discretionary money that you agree X dollars will be set aside so that if I want to spend all of that on whatever, I can do so without having my spouse second guess it. And, and same with the other side. Would you recommend putting together some sort of financial contract uh, post, kind of like a, I guess, a post nump, but a little bit different, um, kind of managing a budget or allocating finances for a couple? I wouldn't do that in a contract because the whole idea of a contract is that if you then don't follow that contract, there's penalties. So in my prenups, for example, I almost never have provisions about, oh, here's how we're going to spend money or here's how we're going to, you know, here's what percentage of income we're going to put into this account. Because like I said before, I want people to put the prenups in a drawer and not have to think about them. And if you have one that kind of micromanages how you're dealing with your money on a daily basis, then that's not a prenup you can ignore. And if you do ignore it, then that kind of prenup, then it can come to hurt you later. Because if you have one that you're supposed to do things on an annual basis, and then you get divorced 10 years later, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to the other side saying, oh, now we need to see how we allocated our money for the last 10 years. And that actually makes your divorce more complicated as opposed to simplifying the divorce, which is one of the goals of a prenup, to have your divorce be easier and less painful and less expensive. So just in answer to your question, Sarah, I would not recommend that you um, have any contract, but certainly discussions, check-ins, understandings are all really, really good. And transparency. So even if, you know, my husband does and I do our day-to-day 
know, categorizing our spending and working on our budget. And we do that through mint.com. But he has all access to every single account. So he could go in on any note at any moments at any moment and see, you know, how much we're spending, how much we're saving, what are in our account. So we have ultimate transparency, but he trusts me to do a good job. And I think most of the time he doesn't check, but he can. Yeah. Forming a budget is, is really valuable. It's like the most basic kind of financial planning, but it's easy to kind of skip over or feel like you don't need to have it. And I know Sarah and I, uh, it's been really valuable, one, just for, for being responsible financially, but, but two, it, it kind of eliminates any gray area because numbers don't lie. So we just look at the numbers and we go, man, we're spending way too much on going out to eat. And then we can talk about that as a couple where, you know, the direction we want to go with that, but we're doing that based on raw data and, and good information, not just like, kind of our feeling like, oh, you spend so much money on, on, um, pedicures every month and, and, you know, and then there's elements of controlling or, or, and all sorts of things that can come into the play depending on your relationship. Whereas if you have a budget and it's just there, it's, it's agreed upon by both of you. And, and then if there's a transgression or if financially you, you're, you take a hit, you just go to the numbers and, and it's going to eliminate kind of a lot of silly back and forth and arguing that's not based on uh, real data. I I agree with you. Data is power and numbers are power um, and can really clarify a situation because it's so easy to conflate uh, what you don't know and to not understand. And just, as you said, you're spending so much money on pedicures and, and maybe the reality is that she spends as much on pedicures as you spend on electronics from Amazon, you know, for example. And without the data, you wouldn't know that. So I completely agree with you, Chase. And, and more and more, I mean, how easy is it to do that? Everything's practically just kept for you on your phone. And, and I know there's programs and apps um, that that'll basically you just plug everything in and and there's really no excuse uh, with technology. Not It's not like uh, we're having to balance a checkbook or everything's, you know, pretty much automated. Yeah. And once you, I mean, I am not, I have no, I get no money from men. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a spokesperson for them, but I've used it for years and years for that exact reason, because once you kept, once you put something in so that, you know, Mint knows that if something comes up from the three main grocery stores I grow to, it's categorized as groceries. And so I just need to go on and correct a few things here and there or put something new in. But basically, it does all the work for me. I just need to kind of check it every so often. But it's it's amazingly powerful. And that really helps when my husband and I sit down every six months or every year and go through, okay, how do we do this year? How much do we spend on this? What can we cut back on? Or what do we feel like we should spend more money on? I mean, is what we're spending meeting our values as a family? So we love Mint and we use that as well. So we'll be sure to link to it on our show notes page for our listeners. Are there any other resources that you would recommend for our listeners uh, who want to improve their finances in their relationship? That's a good question, Sarah. I, I mean, personally... I just use Mint, um, but so I, I don't know that I'm the best person to answer that question, but nothing that jumps out off the top of my head. That's okay. I just didn't know if there was a, a special thing or anything besides Mint um, because it's a, it's a pretty great resource. Yeah. 
Well, Alyssa, uh, this has been a very enlightening podcast for me, particularly. I found out we don't have a prenup. <laughs> um, and, uh, but in all seriousness, it, very good information and important things, uh, for our listeners to consider. Uh, before we wrap up, are there any other major financial things that could be related to prenup or things we didn't talk about for our listeners to bring into their relationship? When you're doing a prenup, it brings up other kind of basic documents that you should start to think about and have in place at the beginning of your marriage. So those include a will, um, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will. You can think about whether or not you need life insurance, but getting your whole financial house in order and your planning house in order at the beginning of a marriage is something that I always recommend. And then updating it and reviewing what you have once a year and then certainly upon the birth of any children. Those are all great points. And I think that's a great way to end and a good takeaway because, again, there's like this negative stigma about prenups. And it's like, no, you're getting, like you said, your financial house in order. So think about prenups and think about all these things that you listed at the end there uh, as just getting your house in order. So it's really great advice. And we appreciate you coming on, Alyssa. So why don't we finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Uh, so my website is com, and my contact info is there. And I practice in New York. So I, I can only help people who are living in New York with prenups or divorces. But if you just have a, a question or need a recommendation for an attorney in another state, I'm happy to give it. I know it can sometimes be overwhelming to figure out how do you find somebody good and trustworthy. And so I, I have you know other attorneys who I think are just great in other states, and I'm happy to give recommendations if I'm able to do so. Well, that's great. I know a lot of our listeners do live in New York, so we encourage them to reach out to you. So again, thank you so much for coming on the show and have a wonderful day. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. For more information and the links um, from the interview today, you can head on over to our website at idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab and it will be the first episode there. And while you're on our website, if you are interested in learning more information about our upcoming Hood River Couples Retreat, then click on the Retreat tab and you'll be able to find all the information on the retreat. It's going to be at the end of July this summer and we look forward to it um, with you guys. It's going to be an awesome couple days in Hood River. It's amazing there. So we hope you join us. And if you are on our website and you're looking for some resources or some tools for your relationship, we really encourage you to check out our 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. It's a free challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days. And in each email is a doable challenge for that day to do within your relationship. And it's going to help you become stronger, more connected, more intimate. And uh, we know that you're going to enjoy it. We've had some great feedback from all you guys who have done it. And uh, we're so happy that it has helped you in your relationship. So again, all that information is on our website at idopodcast.com. Head on over there. And thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.
You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.